Hello and welcome to History of Electronic Music Part 12. Welcome to the show. My name's Paul Sheiky, and this is part 12. And this time I'm going to be talking about, as I mentioned last time, the Japanese pioneers of Technopop, the Yellow Magic Orchestra. Obviously, having done a bit of research into YMO, it quickly became quite complex to keep track of the solo works that this, and spin-off projects that the three members of Yellow Magic Orchestra have worked on over the years. So this time I'm going to concentrate solely on the YMO works, uh, where all three collaborated. Also, it proved quite difficult from a research perspective too, as there aren't too many um, YMO fan sites in English. So most of this program is lifted from one Wikipedia page or the other, but there's still plenty of good music coming up, so keep on listening. Rather than begin at the beginning, I'm going to stop before the beginning and have a brief look at what the members of YMO were doing before they formed YMO. Firstly, Haruomi Hosono, whose idea YMO was. He has a background as a musical pioneer, as he was a member of the highly influential Japanese folk band Happy End, whose avant-garde style won them many plaudits at the time in the late 60s and early 70s. After Happy End disbanded in 1973, Hosono concentrated on making exotica-style music, which is a kind of playful interpretation of the exotic atmosphere of some Pacific Islands in particular, and any sort of non-Western culture in general, because in general, throughout the world, there was a, an interest in other cultures and greater communication of musical styles, as we've seen from Brian Eno, for, for example. Um, just a quick example of Exotica. Here's part of Martin Denny's Firecracker, and I'll play you a bit of YMO's version later on. But This is Martin Denny, Firecracker. Thank you. 
Martin Denny, Firecracker from, I don't know really what year that's actually from, but it's from the 40s and 50s Exotica style music, and it must have caught on a lot in Japan in the 60s and 70s. Uh, so this was the kind of music Hosono was into in the mid-70s, but then he also got into electronic instruments and combined Exotica and Electronica in various albums around that time. Perhaps most notable is his soundtrack to the 1978 film, Cochin Moon, on which he worked with Tanadori Yoku. In this case, the exotica is more Indian in flavour. This is a track from Cochin Moon. This is Hum Gaha Sajan. Sajan from the soundtrack to the film Cochin Moon by Harumoi Hosono and the other guy that I mentioned a bit ago. Also a lot of good use of synths there and some quite mad effects on the vocals as well which is quite revolutionary for the time although I guess Kraftwerk were doing the same thing as well but still very interesting. Raiwichi Sakamoto was also into synths at this time as he mentioned in an interview he did with Future Music magazine in 1998. Before university, when I was at high school, I was into synthesizers, although I didn't have any of my own. Of course, when I went to university, there was a director of music who had synthesizers, old analogue ones, a whole world filled with ARPs and Moogs, and I started playing around with those. That was when I was 18. From then on, electronic music was my main interest. Yukihiro Takahashi, however, was more into drums before joining YMO, as he played them in the Sadistic Mika Band, and then in the spin-off group The Sadistics. The Sadistic Mika Band were essentially just a conventional glam rock band, but they were influential in their own way in bringing that sort of sound to Japan. 
so musically they were all quite open-minded and willing to experiment. The three first worked together in 1978 when Hosono hired Sakamoto and Takahashi as session musicians to work on his idea of fusing exotica music with modern electronics. They obviously liked working together and decided to record an album under the name Yellow Magic Orchestra. From the album of the same name, this is their version of Firecracker, preceded by a computer game as they were also pretty much the first band to explore the potential of computer music. I've edited it slightly different to how it is on the album, but uh, this is Computer Game followed by Firecracker.
Firecracker from 1978. Although that's from an album that was released in 78, things were a little slower back then. So that track was only released in the UK and US in 1980. And the only reason I mention that is because it's really the only hit that they had in the West, as it reached number 17 in the UK. In Japan, however, they were hugely popular. And this is probably down to their quite catchy and light tunes, which from the beginning also included lyrics. This is also probably why they are considered to be pioneers of techno pop. But for them, it seemed that being commercial wasn't a compromise. <laughs> Silicon chip technology enables bands like Yellow Magic Orchestra, Japan's top pop group, to make records entirely composed from electronic gadgetry. Because we have to record our music to a deadline, we try and concentrate on making it commercial. To make a pop record isn't a compromise for me, because I enjoy doing it. So I'm not selling out. What do you think? We are doing what we want to do. The Japanese public is so terribly limited in its taste. If we started considering our listeners, we'd have to compromise. I'd rather not think about that. The American label A&M Records picked up on their commercial potential and decided to release the Yellow Magic Orchestra album in the US in 1979. But they asked for it to be remixed slightly to give it a cleaner, punchier sound. From the US version of the album, this is La Femme Chinoise, which also features lyrics written by Chris Mosdell.
La Femme Chinoise from YMO USA 79. Back in Japan that same year, YMO were working on their next album, Solid State Survivor. This has a cleaner, simpler feel to it, although the music is still quite complex and layered. It continued the development of the techno-pop sound and was to become their most popular album in Japan, outselling everything else in 1980. It's a mixture of songs and instrumentals and even features a cover of the Beatles' Day Tripper. The next track is perhaps the most well-known track off the album and also possibly the most well-known track in the whole of Waimo, really. And in my opinion, probably one of the best as well. This is Rydeen.
some fantastic manic syndrome playing towards the end there. That was Rydeen from the album Solid State Survivor from 1979. In terms of the technology that Weimar were using around this time, there's one piece that really stands out as notable, and that's the Roland MC8 microcomposer, the world's first digital sequencer. Containing an Intel 8080 8-bit microprocessor and a massive 4K of RAM, the microcomposer could precisely adjust many of the sound-producing and modifying elements of analog synths that were fitted with CV-slash-gate sockets. Its 8 tracks and 1100 note memory meant that whole tracks could be programmed into one sequencer for the first time. On top of that, it was the first sequencer to feature cut, copy and paste functionality and had rock-solid timing. In this clip from around 1981, the inventor of the microcomposer, Ralph Dyke, tells us how it works. Basically what I do is number the notes on the piano keyboard. If you start at the bottom and go 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, you can take those numbers and uh, put them into the computer. The computer takes those numbers, puts them in memory, and then recalls them later uh, as voltages which go to the synthesizer and tell the synthesizer play a C, play a G, play an F. Is this sort of like a calculator with a memory? Yes, really it is. It's, uh, it's uh, very dedicated to the musical cause, though. You couldn't do your taxes on it. capable of playing chords up to eight notes at once, but uh, in case that isn't enough, you can always synchronize the computer to its previously recorded tracks on tape, thus getting as many tracks as you have on your tape recorder. Say in the case of a 24-track, you require one track for sync, and then the rest of the tracks can be used for music, and you can have 23 tracks all playing together. What exactly is this invention? It's a computer. It's the computer that plays the synthesizer, and it's called the Roland Microcomposer. Um, we're dealing with a totally new instrument and a totally new way of recording uh, music directly from electronics. And uh, the differences are really many. Like, a lot of the parts could not be played by human hands. So they're really difficult. And the accuracy of the timing is really precise. The hardest thing is to get the human values into that. I think of the ideas and then I uh, uh, work them out really slowly, enter them in and, pl and have the computer play them for me. So the computer is, is my feedback. It plays the ideas and uh, reinforces my belief in them or else tells me that it's garbage and so I'll try again. <laughs> So you program in the precision yourself. That's right. It's really I'm composing out of real time. I'm uh, thinking what is the computer capable of doing rather than what are my hands capable of doing because my hands are limited, but the computer isn't. It'll, it'll play things as fast as you want or as slowly as you want and with perfect timing.
So this program actually features music from Yellow Magic Orchestra and Ralph Dyke. Uh, that's from a radio interview in about 1980-81. And I quite like the bit where he's been talking about it for ages, explaining it. And then she asks, what exactly is it? <laughs> oh well, because she clearly doesn't understand. Anyway, um, the MC8 was a truly revolutionary product. And the Micro Composer series had a huge impact on the sound of music in the early 80s. In this clip, Haromi Hosono is programming an MC8. This is computer-based data. First, I drum a short phrase, then repeat it. Then play. Then insert a ring drum. Then I mix it down and make a guide track, like this. On top of this basic rhythm, I then add other ideas and build on it. This is how we make our music. My last little clip to do with the MC8 is one of the demo tunes that came with it in the manual for you to program into it. In this case, it's one of Bach's inventions, and this was used to close YMO's live shows during their 1980 world tour. This particular clip is from YMO playing the Hammersmith Odeon in London. Another of the many uh, crossovers between classical music and electronic music that happened particularly in the 70s. One of the notable things about YMO's next album, X Infinity Multiples, was the inclusion on it of various comedy sketches performed by Snake Man's show. And this perhaps contrasts quite well with the quite dark and brooding electropop that was coming out of the UK at this time. Here's a little example. Oh, how do you do? How do you do? Nice to see you. <laughs> you know, I like Japan. Japan is number one. They, number one. They have... <laughs> their television, the cars, they are number one. <laughs> do you understand, Mr. Ohira? Do you understand? No. <laughs> Japan actually they work so hard they are number one I like Japan the beautiful Mount Fuji beautiful cherry blossoms the number one beautiful country <laughs> 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 
<laughs> do you understand, Mr. Ohira? Do you understand? No. Excellent. Um, also in quite a comic vein was their reworking of the Archie Bell and the Drells song, Tighten Up. Uh, and here's that. It's brilliant. Tighten up. Oh, I love the lyric, um, socket to him, Sakamoto. Brilliant. Uh, from the album X Infinity Multiples from 1980. 1981 saw the release of BGM, which is supposed to stand for either background music or beautiful grotesque music. Background music doesn't make much sense, really, as it makes it sound like it's an ambient album, but it's not really. It's completely different. Beautiful grotesque music could possibly make more sense as the album features a lot more detuned and generally quite strange synth sounds but some beautiful melodies also so it could be beautiful and grotesque at the same time. The album also features some more complex drumming and other special effects and in general is a lot more serious in tone than their previous albums. From BGM this is UT.
the serious side of YMO. From 1981, that was UT. 1981 also saw the release of Technodelic, which is notable for its use of an early sampler developed by Kenji Murata and called the LMD649. This was half the price of the Fairlight CMI, but I can't find any more information about it, so I'll have to just leave it there, unfortunately. In style, the album is quite similar to BGM, except for perhaps a couple of tracks. As I've played mostly up-tempo ones so far, I thought I'd play something slower from this one. This track is written by Sakamoto, and perhaps shows the kind of direction he was heading, as he became a prominent film composer in the 1980s. Uh, This track also features samples of factory noises, and it's called Epilogue. Epilogue from 1981's Technodelic. After this, YMO went really pop, went definitely more to the pop side of the techno pop, uh, with a number of songs featuring lyrics about the most common theme in pop music, love. This is one of them from 1983, this is Chaos Panic. Shaking and quick. 
Chaos Panic from 1983. I'm actually making the assumption that that is about love. It sounds like it is. Uh, you got me shaking and quaking. So, and it's uh, it's very much a pop song. But I don't actually know what the Japanese lyrics are. But they were doing other songs about love then, Lotus Love, and various other ones on the album Naughty Boys from 1983. Uh, the vocal version of that track was the B-side to the single Kimi ni Mune Kyun which was on the album Naughty Boys. And the instrumental version of Chaos Panic also featured on the instrumental version of Naughty Boys, which was also released in the same year, which usually had synth lines uh, playing the vocal parts. At this time, it's possible to discern a couple of different strands to their music. There's the pure pop of uh, Ishin Denshin, which is You've Got to Help Yourself. Then there was the perhaps less poppy but still quite light instrumentals like this M16.
M16. A very filmic piece of music, which is appropriate, as it was used in a concert film that YMO made in 83-84 called Propaganda. It features them performing, but also has very strange dramatic scenes. It was perhaps quite an odd time to be making a promotional film, as the band split up just after completing it, although they preferred the term Sankai, which means spreading out. It was certainly true that they had very active solo careers at this time, and but they had throughout their period in the Yellow Magic Orchestra worked on their own solo works. So, And they continued to work on each other's works throughout uh, the rest of the 80s. And eventually they did reform for one album in 1993. Techno Dawn has a lot simpler and subtler sound than their previous albums, and also takes some detours into house, techno and acid styles, but still within the sphere of YMO. It is considerably different to their earlier works, but ten years had passed and so you'd expect changes to have been made, essentially, to them and to the technology they've been using, of course. One quite odd change was that they couldn't use the name Yellow Magic Orchestra because that name was actually owned by their old record company, Alpha Records. So instead, Technodon was released as Not YMO, which is shown on the album as YMO Crossed Out. One track from Technodon, which perhaps ties the old sound to their new one, uh, is this. Uh, it's High Tech Hippies. Tech Hippies from the 1993 album Technodon. It has perhaps the production style of the new YMO, but the pop sensibilities of the old YMO to some extent. 
due to the explosion of electronic music in the early 90s, 93 also saw the release of an album of YMO tracks remixed by British techno artists. Uh, this particular one is a favourite of mine. Uh, this is 808 States version of Light in Darkness. Eight States remix of Light in Darkness, original by YMO. That's from the album High Tech No Crime from 93. More recently, the three have worked together under the name Human Audio Sponge, and in 2007 they released a double A-side single under the moniker Hazimo, an acronym for Human Audio Sponge Yellow Magic Orchestra. One side was a new version of Rydine, and the other side was this, Apologies for the poor audio quality, it was the only copy I could get was direct from YouTube, so sorry about that. Get your mind right, I am on your side. Progress or regress, why not go forward? Get your mind right. Get your mind right. Let me hear your vision of the world to become. 
right. I'm on your side. Progress or regress, why not go forward? from 2007 I say I can only get that from YouTube I could have got it from uh, Amazon or something like that but it's just very expensive which is uh, the case with a lot of uh, YMO music it must be quite rare in the West because it's really really hard to get hold of there's a lot of it on the internet of course but to actually buy the albums are very very expensive most of them you can only get second hand um, that's about all I have to say about um, YMO, really. It, except that it's quite hard to assess YMO's importance in the West, as there were various other technopop-style movements in the electronic underground in the late 70s. But their impact in Japan is certainly very large, and they were, as they said, the number one dance band in Tokyo. So they definitely changed the face of Japanese pop and electronic music. In terms of the album I'd recommend for, for you to purchase, it would be Solid State Survivor, definitely. That's a fantastic album. And it has been re-released on CD, unlike some of the others. So you can get that relatively cheaply. I would quite like to revisit the members of YMO and see what they've been up to individually and their, track their solo careers to an extent. And that would possibly be a program in the future. But for now, next time, there's one major style of the 70s that I've really just not covered yet. It's been mentioned in the Kraftwerk show, but really, disco was hugely popular in the 70s. And it was electronicized by, I just made that word up, by the way, electronicized. You can use it if you like. It was made, it was electronicized by Giorgio Moroder. Uh, so it'll be a program next time, disco and Giorgio Moroder, and of course Disco led on to House, so it should be very interesting to see where House came from. As always, if you'd like to send me an email, my email address is shekel at hotmail.com. You can join the mailing list and get uh, some exclusive tracks of mine, if you like. Uh, this time I'll be sending out a link to my demo tracks, and, and occasionally I will email you tracks I'm going to leave you with another track from Solid State Survivor, uh, but this was a, not a version that was actually on the album. This was used in a Seiko uh, watch advert, and this is Behind the Mask. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> 